Hey, 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 welcome to the after party of SEC Tavern Talk. We've already discussed the SEC, but it's we're getting into midnight on the East Coast time zone, and we decided that, you know what, midnight, I said midnight, uh, after midnight becomes game day, right? Uh, it becomes the game ga- game one of the World Series of 2021. And me being a Braves fan and Rob being a Braves fan, we decided we're going to talk about the daggum Braves. Because um, we ain't been here in 22 years. And we're going to live <laughs> it up. <laughs> so, uh, and joining us, you heard that boisterous voice there is our friend Chance Stockburger. What's going on, Chance? What's going on, gentlemen? Just happy to be here. Happy to talk a little bit of Braves baseball. Um, as a Tennessee fan, this time of year is really uh, painful. So when the Braves can make it a little further, uh, it always makes talking sports a little easier. So I'm excited to jump in feet first with you guys tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, let's kind of go back uh, and and talk about the season. Um. I didn't really know what to think about Snit from the beginning. I knew that he was a he he was he's been a brave he was a brave for a long time though, right? Like yeah, he's been he's been with the organization for like forty years. Yeah, so I thought it was a cool like, not, I, I mean, I, I didn't know what to think about the hire. So I just want to ask y'all, what did y'all think about Snit from the beginning before we move on to this season? I mean, I like the guy. I think that he's a he's a company man, if you will, which means there are some some ebbs and flows of being a yes man, I guess, at times. But initially, I mean, just taking over from Freddie Gonzalez, anybody was a breath of fresh air. I mean, that guy <laughs> that guy hurt. He he was he was yeah. not good. Um, but like watching him with the players and the fact that he, you know, all those guys that came th- up through you know, single A, double A, triple A that at one time in their career have played for Snit. So like the, the fact that they've played for him, they're familiar with him. Uh, I mean, you've heard Freddie just talk about him, you know, just recently, like he would not want to play for anybody else. Like he loves Brian Snicker. So I'm a big fan of Snit. Uh, do I think he makes some boneheaded decisions at times? I, I do. But then again, like they always, they always seem to pan out eventually. So it's, it's a, I like him. Um, Right now, I can't think of a better manager, uh, just as far as chemistry goes, and uh, his decision. I mean, let's just be honest. The decision the other night to uh, to go ahead and pinch hit to pull Anderson. I mean, look what it did. Adrianza got on, and we had some good fortune, and Eddie hit a three-run homer. So I mean, like, you don't like him sometimes, and then sometimes he's a freaking genius. So it's just hard to. He's, that, that's a baseball manager, I guess. I was gonna say, isn't that just. A lot of baseball managers, they're not always going to make the right decision, but when they do, it's you love them. So, I mean, I I, I like him. I, you know, it's always kind of nice to see the guy that was had been under mm. under the main guy for so long, you know, being under and just rising to the top and kind of taking over and. Because he's already got the respect of the players. And so, you know, you have that that coaching mentality 
and then you come up and take over the you know the whole team and I think that just uh, it's hard not to like the guy honestly he's like I said all the players like him and you know, I don't. I don't care who, what manager you have. You're not going to have like every decision they make. I didn't like every decision Bobby Cox made. <laughs> um, you know, there were times when some of the things he did made me scratch my head. Like majority of the time, not. But then there were some times where I'm just like, what is he doing here? Like, um, I think part of that was also for Bobby was the current players he had, he didn't know what order to put him in just because of a lot of things, but um, and that's the thing that about Smith that gets me a lot of times is his batting order, he just randomly shakes it up. <laughs> it doesn't even need to be like Rosario's hitting you know, leadoff, then he goes to hitting fifth, and it worked, but it's like, why did you do that all of a sudden? You know, and so his, some of his decisions just seem really random to me. But when they work, it's like, well, obviously that's why I'm not a manager. <laughs> you know? That's the truth. So I can act like I'm, I know a lot about baseball, but <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not getting paid to manage a team, so <laughs> there's that. So you mentioned his name, and I just got to say this one time because I've always, I've always wanted, wondered. Like you said, Bobby Cox. Like one thing that I've always thought about with with Bobby was if you watch him when he gets thrown out, which happened all the time, um, but he would just be like standing next to the umpire and just like being so cool and calm and collected. Like you thought he was like talking to his preacher or something, like just kind of go like just talking to him like normal. And then all of a sudden the umpire is just, you're out of there. <laughs> I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> What did you say? The I, I was on top. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that. Um, <laughs> like, like, but, but like, yeah. What? How terrible! <laughs> I just always, I've always wondered, like, oh, what does he say to these guys to get them so riled up? But like, he doesn't look like he's riled up at all. <laughs> like, it's just. He was always fun to watch. I mean, he. I mean, he doesn't hold the MLB record for being tossed out of the most games for nothing. Um, <laughs> Of course, that, and of course, a lot of people go back to Snit not getting tossed out enough for his team. But I mean, nowadays, there's so many things that like you can't argue balls and strikes. And back then, I guess you couldn't. But now it's like a legit rule: you argue balls and strikes, you're gone. Like, you didn't get another chance. And if you, you know, replay has changed the game so much. And there's just so many things that, I mean, he's got his opinions. I mean, you can just watch him in the dugout and look at his face and his mannerisms and tell that he's got the fire. And, I mean, you just look at last year whenever, you know, Ronald got plumped like every other game. You know, he was – he went out there and, you know, just absolutely giving them the business. But nobody holds a candle to, to Bobby. I mean, I guess Lou Pena, I guess um, he was good. But I, I can't think of another manager that that has that fire anymore, to be honest with you. Craig Council gets fired up pretty, pretty good sometimes. He's fun to watch. But uh, other than that, like – Bobby was just the goat when it came to, you know, getting out there. Like you said, just like, hey, yeah, how's, I like the new car you're driving. Up. What do you, what, what do you mean? You throw me out? You know, like it's just, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. But I would, I would imagine he probably had that one little word. He probably, 
probably can't say it on this podcast. Uh, it might get us thrown out, but uh, he, um, I would imagine he probably he, he probably had his way with words, just knew how to press those buttons just the right way. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's always just blew my mind. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't know what to think of Snit at first. Like I just, I knew that he was kind of a homegrown kind of guy and I knew that he, that he would mesh with the players pretty well. Um, I just didn't know how that was going to translate like on the field as far as being able to, you know, get the most out of them. Um, a lot of times players, coaches have that problem, um, you know, getting the most out of their players because they're too much of their friend, you know, um, and that happens a lot of times, but you know, Bobby Cox was a player's coach. That's why he got mm-hmm. thrown out so up so much because he was standing up for his players. So I see some shades of Bobby Cox in this guy, to be honest. Um, and I, I know it's premature, <laughs> but I just, it, it, but I just like, he just reminds me of him a lot. And I didn't see that when he was first hired, but you know, now that the more I see of him, I'm like, you know what? This guy's legit. Like, um, I, I really, I, it's, it's hard for me to not like him. So I'm glad we have him at the helm. Um, but let's move on to, uh, this season. What was everyone's expectations from this year? Having that heartbreaking NLCS loss last year, um, coming, going, going from being up three, one against that team that shall not be named to, uh, you know, losing three straight. Well, honestly, I didn't expect us to quite be where we are right now, but that's just because <laughs> I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. It's yeah. hard to it's hard to put yourself there um, after so much heartbreak. But I knew that the team was there um, to do. The potential was there with the team, and but I'll be honest. After the first month or two of the season, I was like. I was almost ready to be done. Um, I would say I don't, I don't ever give up on the Braves, but just in the sense of like they're not going anywhere kind of thing, because they were just they couldn't they couldn't win a series back to back series for anything. They win one and they lose one, and win one and they lose one, and it was just like they couldn't even reach five hundred, you know. And, and so it was just it was frustrating to watch them. Like there's no consistency. You can't you can't go anywhere without consistency. And then it was like Ronald gets hurt, the trade deadline happens, and everything changes. And so I don't know. It's just it was it was kind of like a roller coaster this year for me. I did <laughs> up and down. Well, I'll be honest. I mean. You, you take an L your first three games against the Phillies and it automatically for any Braves fans like, Oh, that's not good. I mean, we had, we had our, our stud out there in game two, you know, Morton went and gave up. I can't remember his exact stat line, but I know that they lost that game. I don't think they scored in that game. Um, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. We lost that game four nothing. And, and then you go a couple weeks later and you lose three out of four to the Marlins and you know, go on down the line. You lose three games in a row against Toronto. 
who's a good team, don't get me wrong, and then turn right back around in May and lose three more to Toronto. It's just like, I mean, at that point, losing all those games to the Blue Jays and then, you know, it, it almost felt like at that point, that's whenever I started to almost check out. I was like, this is not, this is no good. And then, you know, that was like, that was like a month and a half into the season. And I'm already thinking, oh boy. And then Ronnie goes down, you know, like what, the game before the, uh, the all-star break and, you know, ends his season and on a questionable jump to make the play. There's people that say he was trying to show out, whatever. I don't believe that. I just think that he was just out there being Ronald Acuna and landed wrong. But still, I mean, that at that point, you're, I mean, as any Braves fan, you're thinking, all right, boys, let's pack it up and head to the house. We'll be back next season um, when Ronnie gets back. And then, you know, the second half was just unbelievable. I mean, it literally was hard to believe, you know, in August. We didn't get over 500 until August. Um, just shocking. We finally went over 500 um, on August the 6th. We went with 56 and 55. And then from there, we never went back under 500. And, uh, you know, at the trade deadline, we were five games behind. And it was just like, what hope do we have? Um, we're never going to, you know, of course, everybody thinks, well, the Mets are going to poop their pants because they always do. And, I mean, it was like, but the Phillies, you know, they've got Bryce Harper. And he's he's a good ball player, really good ball player. Um, but they never could choke us out. And it was just like, I mean, I think that was the point where it kind of started to turn around like, okay, I can see this turning into something. And uh, look where we're at now. We're going to the freaking World Series, boys. Yeah, uh, we were fifty-two and fifty-four at the All-Star or the at the trade right at the trade deadline, and since the trade deadline, we have the best record in baseball. Talk about a turnaround! Like, <laughs> like it's no doubt <laughs> it has been absolutely unbelievable, and. Uh, just a real quick, I just was looking back at the power rankings during the trade deadline. Uh, they had us at 15th. 15th. Mm. <laughs> so, wow. And now we are one of the last two teams. So One or, one or two. That's what we're going to be ranked at the end of the season. One or two. Exactly. Uh, it's just... What they did, it just blows my mind like and to see a franchise player like Acuna go down and like you said you know maybe next year when we have Roddy back you know like that's how that's the most the mentality would be for everybody but man like they were resilient and they just went out and addressed those needs like nobody's business with Rosario and Duvall and Solar and freaking Jock Peterson, man, like it was just, and it's just, it's obviously it's worked out for them. Like, and I, I was thinking today, like, um, you know, they, they went out and got these guys, but you know, do you think that this is our big shot and it's probably not going to happen for another couple of years? Or do you think, this is the day, the expectation to go deep into the playoffs. 
Well, I think part of that depends on AA. Uh, who do you keep of these guys? You, you can't let all of these guys go. <laughs> um, if you don't keep some of these guys, then we're just we're going backwards. Um, I mean, I, I think at this point, if Rose, especially if Rosario keeps up what he's doing, you've got to keep him. Um, I don't know the contract of all these guys. I know that uh, Jock has – he signed a one-year deal, but he's got a mutual option for next year. Uh, I, I say we keep him, um, he and Rosario. But then the question is, what do you do? Because you've got Ronald Acuna coming back from injury. He'll be on the active roster, obviously. Who do you keep? you got the DH coming next year. You, you keep, is it Duvall or Solaire? You know, you got to pick one of them. Who, who do you pick between those two? I don't even know. Um, I, I like Duvall. I mean, RBI leader. It's hard to ignore that, even though he hits like 220 <laughs> uh, somehow. You know, he yeah. hit 37 home runs and was the RBI leader. Um, and then, despite the fact that most of us were with the Marlins, um, and then Solaire didn't really have a very good season until he came to the Braves. I think he was just needing, like a lot of players, he needed a, somewhere new to play, you know, change of pace. So I don't know what you do with that, but I think you got to keep some of those to say competitive. Yeah, the um, the free agents going into next season, Rosario's going to be a free agent. And uh, Soler is going to be a free agent. Um, Duvall has a seven million dollar, a seven million dollar mutual option, and Jock has a ten million dollar mutual option. So I mean, I like Jock and I like Duvall. Um, I don't think Jock's ten million dollars worthy of keeping. Um, I think he's really good in the postseason and really good in clutch situations. But a ten million dollar player that you could use for. I don't know, to put Eddie back on the roster um, or even to keep, you know, try to keep Solaire because this season Eddie's making $8 million and this year um, Solaire is making $8 million. So you've got two players right there that, you know, I don't know that they'll fetch that much next year. But plain and simple, you've got two other players you could get for potentially less money and that have realistically had better, better seasons. But it's Jock. I mean, Jock's fun. Jock's crazy. He wears the pearls. Nobody knows why. He's got his own <laughs> shady hair. There's so many things about Jock that are just so much fun that make him, you know, let the kids play baseball. I mean, he really does embody that, let the kids play baseball. I like the guy. I like all of them. So, I mean, at that point, you've got your corner outfielders. You know, obviously Ronald's going to be in right field. And he's, he said he's on pace to come back in February or March. So he, he could be ready by spring training. Yeah, unbelievable. Um and then on the other side, I mean, who are you going to pick? You got Eddie Rosario that can play over there, Duvall that can play over there. Center field, who knows? I mean, at this point, do you give Drew Waters a shot? Do you give uh, Pache another shot? I don't know. Make him earn it um, in spring training. Uh, you got that young kid, uh, Harris, coming up. Like, there's so many different options that we have for an outfield. Do they want to, you know, take a risk of starting one of those young boys? I don't know. I mean, to your point, you put the boys out there that have played before, that have the experience, that are potentially 
going to be World Series champions. Like, it's a very, very fine line. Um, but more importantly than any of this we've all been talking about, Freddie's got to get his paycheck. Well, yeah, absolutely. So 100%. But he he doesn't want to leave Atlanta. So you, the first thing you do is you give him what he wants. And then you come back and figure out what you're going to do. The, the thing that's frustrating is it's not like we don't have the money. We can, These guys are affordable for what we have. Mm-hmm. If we spent the money we have. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, how much extra payroll do we have that we're not using? You know, so these ten to seven million dollars for Jock for Eddie or sorry Duvall, you said it had a seven million dollars. Like we could pay this. So if we just were willing to spend the money, it's really just who is the player that you leave off because you you know you got you're keeping Ronald obviously. So if you sign the rest of them, you either do that or do you go find another you know get another pitcher. Um, that would be the only other option, but I think you're you're doing fine right now with the pitchers you got. So, that's working. You know, I, I still like Enoa, even though he sucks since he punched the bench. <laughs> but, I mean, I, th- I think he's I think he's fine. He'll he'll come back next year and be fine. Um, or I'm willing to roll the dice on that at least. Um, but I mean, you got, you know, we brought up the farm, that's the winning, that's always been the recipe for success, build the farm, build it up so good, and then add some players that you pay to compliment them. That's the winning recipe for a world series. It's always been that way. Um, that's why the Yankees don't ever make it there anymore. Because they just pay a ton of talent. They don't have any farm system. <laughs> they go out and pay the Giancarlo Stanton that have 250 strikeouts a year. Yeah, they hit a bunch of home runs, but they can't hit with runners in scoring position to save their life. You know? That's what wins the game, is hitting with the runners in scoring position. I don't know how the Braves got away with what they did this year. Because <laughs> I think I was talking with you earlier, Chance, earlier in the season, that if we made it to the postseason, we weren't going to be able to continue winning in the postseason by missing home runs, solo home runs. That ain't going to cut it in the postseason. You can only do that for so long. Eventually, that's going to kind of die off. But we've done it. That's what that's what's kept us going. Mm-hmm. We've hit with runners in scoring position when we needed to the most. The small balls helped a little bit here lately. I mean, just the obviously the three. Three solo home runs. I don't remember what game it was. I guess it was probably Walker Bueller game, uh, the first game he played in. Um, oh, it was Urias. It was Urias. Yeah, we went yeah, yeah, you know, three three solo home runs against him. But realistically, in the off season, like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we've hit home runs, but we've also you know manufactured runs, which is something that, like you said, haven't necessarily done all that well um, this season. But it's it's coming to fruition. I mean, look at Austin Riley. I mean, let's be honest, the dude rakes. I mean, he can absolutely mash a ball, and it's not even fair. But what he's done this postseason so far, he only hit two home runs this postseason. He's hit two home runs. He's had 14 strikeouts, a little more than I'd like him to have. You know, he's he's striking out about 35% of the time. But, you know, ultimately, 
where he has manufactured runs is he's hitting doubles the other way. You know, the walk-off that he had. You know, he he pulled the crap out of that ball. But, you know, other than that, it was, he wasn't trying to hit it out of, the, out of the ballpark. What was he doing? He literally said in the post-game interview, I was just trying to just trying to score runs, just trying to get on base. And that mentality seems to be coming around. I mean, look at freaking Eddie Rosario. Yeah, he's had some monster monster jams, but, like, He's, he's getting on base. He almost hit for the cycle, you know, in the postseason. It's only been done by one other player, you know, in the in the uh, championship series, and that was Brock Holt in 2018. The only other player to do it in the postseason was Robin Yount back in whatever year in the, in the freaking World Series. Like, it's not something – he's just manufacturing – we're manufacturing runs now, and, yeah, it took us all year to get here, but what a wonderful time to fall into this. Uh, this you know what do they call it an embarrassment of riches it's pretty pretty great <clears throat> yeah what's funny is like when Rosario stepped up to the plate and the, the announcers were like he just needs a double to hit for the cycle he'd be the <laughs> second second player to ever do that and then like the next pitch he just rips a home run I was like I would take that over the cycle any day <laughs> like, <laughs> I think any player would yeah, any player would take two home runs over a cycle. So yeah, uh, I, I just got fourteen, 14 total bases in one game. Fourteen total bases in one game. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And and to think we got him when he was hurt. He couldn't even play when we first got him. Yeah, that was a ballsy move. Yeah, I mean, it for was, sure. It was a. It it made me nervous. Like I like his numbers. He's a speedster. He played really well in Minnesota when he was there. And he played okay for the Indians. Oh, I'm sorry, the Cleveland Guardians when he was there. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. But ultimately, I mean, he mashed in Minnesota. He was he he raked when he was there too. So like, when I looked at his numbers and saw that the talent was there, it was just a matter of time before we got him back. And who knows? Because he had an abdominal strain. I think he was trying to get back to first base. You know, he was diving back to first base, and he and he strained. I think that's what it was. I can't be sure, but like, that's a horrible injury. Like, I mean, in baseball. I mean, I'm not a baseball player. I'm not the most fit person in the world. But I know that there's a lot of core that goes into baseball. When you swing, mm-hmm. when you lunge, when you run, when you do everything. And, like, the fact that he had that abdominal injury, I'm like, oh. And then he comes back and insert it into the lineup, and it was just, like, magic. Magic happened. I mean, it was just it was awesome. It was a really good feeling to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of only five players in uh, MLB history to hit fourteen, get fourteen hits uh, in a series, and the only ones to do it in six games. May I add, the other the other four players uh, it took them seven games. So unreal. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Well, and and the, the the thing that like was the best part about the trade deadline acquisition, um, like. What we acquired of it at the trade down was the fact that we gave up close to nothing. Like, <laughs> how did we get these guys? From we, what just, we, the, we just the, stole the players, man. The best player we gave, the best player we gave away was Bryce Wilson. I'll give him away in a heartbeat to get what we got. Like, we got Eddie Rosario for a, for a mascot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the the sorcery, the absolute sorcery that Alex Anthopoulos, he must have some really bad dirt on the Indians, <laughs> the Pirates. I mean, who who else? The Kansas City Royals. 
and the Cubs. I mean, and don't we we don't we forget Stephen Vogt. We got him from the Diamondbacks, and he was not the best hitter, but in a time of need, he did a really good job behind the plate for us to keep us, you know, you know, in in a lot of games, and then you know, blows his hip out because he's 87 years old, you know. But whatever, he he played a huge part in you know helping out, and the the, the pitchers love pitching to him. A lot of people forget about Mr. Vote because he uh he's he's done. I'm pretty sure that hip injury ended his career. But uh we appreciate we appreciate the sacrifice he made uh for the Braves. He'll get a ring. He'll get a ring. If if we get it, he'll get a ring, no doubt. Can I just yeah. say that um uh, yeah, I don't that's great. Can I say? Can I? Can I just say that I don't have anything to add to that? <laughs> I did, and then I did. I mean... Yeah, it's like he just said, "Hey, would you give me this guy for a Klondike bar?" Yes, I will. Yeah. Give me that Klondike Absolutely. bar. Give it to me now. <laughs> I'm <Of course>. hungry. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a good time to be alive, my friends. Um, it, it's going to feel even better next week, hopefully, Lord willing. Oh, man. Anybody going to uh, catch – is anybody going to catch a game? Uh, no, I don't have uh, – I, I can't – I need both my kidneys, so I can't <laughs> sell one to get tickets. I was going to say something about that. I looked on StubHub tonight, just curious. Secondary market, what's it going to cost? The section four twelve, uh, eight hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. So the couch is where I will reside. That'll also keep me from being a, an absolute. Because imagine this, dude. Both you guys. I know that we're working men. JB, you got a family. Rob, you have a career. JB, I assume you have a career too. Uh, but we all have these things that we value. Our time our money that we want to spend money on. Would I love to go to a Braves game? Yes, but what if you spend 850 bucks on a ticket, you go down there and they lose? I mean, what kind of life is that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to just – my brother, uh, a few years ago when Arkansas went to the College World Series and we won the first game, uh, my brother got tickets to game two to watch us close it out. Yeah, he saw that uh, that infamous uh, pop-up drop that ended up uh, – <laughs> we ended up losing that game and then losing the next game. It was the worst, worst – like, I, I don't ch- – do you follow col- uh, college baseball chance? Oh, of course I do. I'm a Tennessee fan. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was the year that, uh, you know, we had the game – we had the, the series one. We were one out away. And there was a pop-up to to shallow right field, and we had three guys going after it, and none of them got it. And that was the end of our tenure there. And that was the game that my brother went to. <laughs> like, and I was just like, talk about major heartbreak. So was that I felt when Georgia went to the finals of the College World Series and blew it. Yeah. Listen, guys. I'm Georgia hasn't them. won a national championship in football in my lifetime. So. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to tell you now, you guys, 
it is – I was joking when I said I'm a Tennessee fan. We watch all the sports and think we should win in all of them, uh, which is wonderful, but it's also awful. Um, so you go basketball, we get beat by Bush League teams. Baseball, well, we got beat by a good team this year. But, like, it's so hard. You go and you watch these sports and you're all in. You're pumped up. You're wearing your game day garb. You're like yelling, screaming, and all of a sudden you lose a game and you turn into a demon. Nobody <laughs> wants to be around you. So, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. I've had a long, long time to think about maybe next year. I mean, next year's our year. I mean, come on, dude. That's the Tennessee motto. Next year's our year. Yeah. <laughs> See, Shane, this is why I like Shane because he's, he is through and through a Tennessee fan. <laughs> And he'll, he'll, he'll talk a little bit at you, but he's also an honest Tennessee fan. Yeah, when they sucks. suck, he's going to admit that they suck. Yeah, and <laughs> he's not going to go in the closet and forget him. He's still going to be a fan, but he's going to be realistic about it. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, the 3-1 collapse last year the Braves made. Like, I remember where I was at, exactly where I was at. I was in Savannah. We were going to my brother-in-law. My, my niece, she had a, a birthday party that weekend, and Tennessee lost that day to Kentucky or South Carolina. Absolute travesty. Not just lost, but got just beat down. So I'm like, okay, well, the Braves are going to finish it off tonight. It's going to be good. It's going to be fine. And then they blow the game, and my mind, I'm sitting there in the hotel room, sitting on the couch, and I'm just fuming, and my wife's like, what's wrong? I said, baby, I love you. I'm going to need you just to leave me alone for a little while. <laughs> and the whole next day of the ride home, I was miserable. You know, I remember, like, thinking, okay, it's only 127 days until spring training. Like, that was my mindset. Like, I got to get this crap out of here. But, I mean, the, the, the ebbs and flows of being a sports fan, like, it's wonderful when it's great when we're winning but when we're losing it's like and baseball's not different because you can lose a game one night win three in a row lose two in a row and there's still hope football baseball like different story man basketball different story like you don't you get mad you want to fight somebody and then like that's about the only way to, to get not mad anymore is to punch something now i know why you know hit the hit the bench when he was mad i mean come on guys can't act like you've never wanted to punch somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's funny. Like, um, I've, I grew growing up, I was a a Braves, Cowboys, and Razorbacks fan. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> so the, the so, but you know, growing up in the '90s, you know, uh, Arkansas basketball was like, you know, one of the teams to be. You know, we won a national championship in '94. Uh, we went there again in 95. We went to the final four a couple of times, uh, around that, like Nolan Richardson was one of the best coaches in college basketball. So that, that's the time I grew up and Atlanta, you know, won the 95 world series. I was 10 years old. Uh, the Cowboys won three, uh, Super Bowls in four years. I was, you know, seven, eight and 10 years old. Like, so right in the prime time of my life, all of my teams are just winning everything, right? You had a great childhood. You had a phenomenal childhood. So then after that, <laughs> after I turned 11, it was just like nothing <laughs> for 22 years. <laughs> no, 20, 20 uh, gosh, uh, 95, that was uh, 26 years ago. So yeah, for 26 years, nothing. 
nothing, nothing, nothing. And just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. It's great to win 14 straight uh, NLEs titles. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But when you choke in the playoffs, it just hurts your feelings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, what, that brings up this question I want to ask. I mean, like, so where do you where do you guys stand as far as this year? If we don't win the World Series, like, is it going to be utter defeat? Is it going to be fire snit, you know, rally the troops, you know, let's overhaul the system? Like, where do you guys stand as far as, you know, this this season on its as a whole if we don't win against the Astros? Well, I think it, the problem is it, it's less on the players an issue as it is the fans. Like, the fans have had so much because of, you know, Atlanta just can't win anything. Like, that's the, that's the mindset of fans. So, like, you can call it a curse, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the Falcons blowing the Super Bowl up 28-3. The, the Hawks, well, they were just never – they're the Hawks. <laughs> so, what uh, By the way, JV sent me something of uh, the Hawks on Twitter trying to – you back on the Braves making the World Series. <laughs> we yeah. made it. They said, like, no, we can't. are going to the World Series. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> the Braves are going to the World Series. But, you suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, I think, you know, fans determine a lot whether you, whether you want to admit it or not. Like, fans determine a lot of things. And they... Make because they, you know they're the ones paying, coming, showing up, buying the tickets, making you the money. So I think it's going to be hard. I, I for one am not. We don't win this year, we're doomed. But I'm afraid that what's going to happen is we're going to be sellers and not resign these guys if we don't. And I'm afraid that's gonna we're gonna be trying to rebuild at that point and build the farm over again. And I'm afraid it's just gonna take way too long. And I don't know how long it's gonna be before we get back to this point. Like we're there. But what fans have to realize, like baseball is not a one year thing. Like despite what the Reds tried to do a year or two, a couple of years ago, like signing all these players trying to do a one-and-done thing. That, cool, you, if you win that, cool, but like, that's not what fans want. Fans want a program built on, like, that's what the Dodgers have built. They didn't win this year, but they built a program that's going to be there, you know, time after time for years. Astros have shown to do the same thing. That's what I want the Braves to, to be. We're not going to win the World Series every year, but the fact that we're there competing, you know, most years, that's what you want. Because eventually, if you if you keep that, you'll eventually probably win it. You know, you're not going to lose over and over. But if you start over again, it's just going to be the same thing over and over, and you're never going to make it at that point. 
Look at the Cubs. I mean, that's a perfect example. They yeah. sold. They they uh, absolutely sold the whole team off. I mean, at this point, you got Wilson <laughs> Contreras and and Jay Happ are the only two people that are still on that team. So, I mean, I I see that. Unfortunately, I think that our minor league system, we're not ready yet. I mean, like you said, we still got to rebuild. It's it's down out of the top twenty now. Um, after you know, improving upon selling off Bryce Ball and getting rid of some other guys. And then, you know, Ian Anderson has graduated. Kyle Wright never panned out. You got a lot of players. Pache and Waters aren't ready. So you really got to, you know, think about, I mean, you're right. It could be a rebuilding process. It could take years. I mean, look at, oh, what's his name? Who was the, who was the GM back in the day that screwed the farm system? And Scherholz was a, it was Scherholz, wasn't it? Scherholz. Yeah, so she, um, I mean, they, the teams were great, and but think about some of the people that they acquired, like some of the journeymen that they acquired, like weren't they weren't homegrown talent, and you know they were good for us. I saw something today that was really impressive to me, um, and I'll find it here in a minute. But you know the the team that went that won the World Series, like how many of those guys came up through the system? I mean, like it's just interesting to me. Obviously, you're Chipper and you're Andrews, and of course, your your minor league talent that came out of the, the pitching staff and stuff. Those boys were, you know, other than Smoltz and Matt. Well, see, Smoltz and Maddox were both traded for from Detroit and Chicago, but Glavin came up. You know, you had Mark Wollers was there, and like those the, the talent was there. It was just like I don't know. The rebuilding process is scary to me, and I don't want to. I don't even want to think about it right now. <laughs> well, I mean. You know, like I said, the, the the recipe you build the farm, but if you have to keep starting over, it's just it just feels like you're you're never going to get there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can I and just? I think. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Can I just say I am sick and tired of being Major League Baseball's farm system. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we we build these players up and then we won't pay them, like. It just it drives me absolutely insane. Yeah. Spend some daggum money and win some daggum ball games. Like I'm sick of it. Like and just no. I mean you're, you're right. <laughs> and if, if we don't at, if we don't win the World <laughs> Series, give these guys what they want and go back again. There's there's a point <sighs> to where you get to where you you know unless you're the Yankees, the Dodgers, or you know Red Sox or the teams that have the highest payrolls, and then you know, they go over the cap so and take the penalty because they have so much dang money. Um, well, unless you're those teams, there's a point where you can no longer pay these guys, but pay them until you can't. Like, <laughs> exactly. At that point, at that point, cross that then, bridge when you get to it. <laughs> Amen. But then, once you get to that point, give up one or two and bring up one or two of the farm system. Keep it going. teams do this all the time and they act like oh well we can't afford to pay these guys anymore so we're just going to sell them all it's like why pay the ones that you can and then use the farm system around that to complement them that's what I was saying earlier it's a combination of farm and guys you pay because eventually if those talent the talent goes up to the point you want it to be 
it's no longer going to be the farm guys. It's going to be the guys that you pay. So it's, you know, that that's where that balance comes in. And it's like, I just don't understand what a lot of the teams do, you know. It's like, it's like you were saying with the Cubs. That's what they did. They sold everybody. It's like, why didn't you just keep some of them and then get the farm, your farm, because the Cubs had a good farm. That's how they, they built their farm up just like we did. And they won a World Series, the first one in, what was it, 108 years? 106, whatever. I think. Whatever it was. What was funny about that is my grandfather was a Cubs fan. Uh, I don't know if you ever met my grandfather, Chance, but my dad's dad. But um, he uh, he was a he was born in 1918. <laughs> he died in his 80s. Good gracious! <laughs> so he missed the the previous one by 10 years, and <laughs> and then he missed the other one by like 20 or 30 years. It's like really. And so, you know, you wait long enough, you're not going to be alive anymore. <laughs> I, I, we were four when the last time the Braves won. You and I yeah, were just, absolutely insane, man. It's time. It's time. Mm. Y'all, are th- uh, y'all are talking about, like, good teams trading off. I, I, think, I guess y'all were, I, gosh, y'all were too young to remember this, but <laughs> it's just like, the late '90s, uh, the Marlins went to the World Series. Uh, they had, you know, guys like Gary Sheffield, like uh, I think Bobby Bonilla was on that team. Like they had, they were just loaded, right? And they went to the World Series. They lost to the Yankees, and then the very next year, they traded everybody. <laughs> like, and, the, and Sheffield ended up going to the Braves. Like, but it was just like, yeah, it's just the epitome of that. Like one of the best teams in baseball, and then they're just going to completely unload. Like, please don't do that, Braves. Please don't do that. <laughs> I think that they, um, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, you've got these teams that, you know, they put together, they piecemeal teams together, kind of like you're talking about. And, like, I think that, I think that Marlins team you're talking about, I think most of those guys were – They'd come up through the system in, in one way or the other, whether it was they got them when they were young in their first or second year and, you know, helped develop them in the majors or some of them came up through, you know, through the league, uh, through the minor league system. But, like, I mean, with the Braves, I mean, look at this. We've, we've got a piecemeal team somewhat. You know, Travis Darno, um, Eddie Rosario, Duvall, Jock, Adrianza, Solaire, uh, Morton. Uh, Tyler Matzik was bagging groceries a few years ago, <laughs> and I mean like Will Smith. That's our that's the 2021. That's your your main dudes right there. Like the only players that are Braves, you know, through the farm system. You got Freddie, Ozzy, Austin, Dansby. There you go, and then of course Max Friedney and Anderson. But like that, that's it. I mean that's it. So like I think they're in a better position as far as, you know, not fire selling all these guys because they're not, um, a lot of these guys are on, you know, one-year contracts or they're up for arbitration this year or, you know, they're not, I'm not as worried about them selling the squad as I would be, you know, maybe last year, which they sold a lot of the squad last year anyways. But, I mean, it's just interesting to me that, like you're saying, 
these teams get it in their mind like well that was the best shot we got boys see ya i mean <laughs> yeah. i just hope to goodness they don't do that yeah well you, you don't forget to add uh ronald and ozzy as part of the farm oh yeah i, I forgot about ronnie i mean he's uh, obviously i mean that boy's been playing since he's like 14 playing for the Braves. <laughs> don't know that it was strictly legal but he was still playing for it. <laughs> hey AA gets away with a lot so i'm telling you man it's it's wild it's, so I was kind of looking at the um, this picture I was telling you about that I saw talking about the 95 team versus this team. And, you know, realistically speaking, there was only like three or four dudes on that team that came up through the system. It was kind of like one of these piecemeal teams. You got McGriff and Lemke, um, Klesko, Grissom, Justice. Like all those guys came from different teams. Like, did you, by the way, did y'all see Justice at the uh, in L.A. sitting like three rows back from home plate? No. Yeah, dude, he was – sitting back there in his Braves hat, like, on the end of the row, right behind home plate, like, three rows up, and just, like, had that big, beautiful smile he wears all the time. That's like, awesome. He just looked like he was having a blast. But anyway, so you're talking about, you know, these guys that you've got just a bunch of, for the most part, these guys were kind of nobodies. McGriff was very good. Don't get me wrong there. And uh, Blouser would have been on that team had he not been hurt. But, like, ultimately, they took a bunch of these guys who were journeymen and they turned them into something. So, like, I think that what the Braves are doing right now has always been kind of the DNA of the Braves in these times of need and these times of want. They've just kind of taken these guys, and they've got this attitude and this DNA that they just don't give up. And that's super evident this year. Like, who in a million years, other than Travis Plouffe, not Travis Plouffe, what's his name? Yeah, anyways, the Plouffe dude that used to pitch. He called it March 31st. He said Braves over Astros in six. Get out of here with that, man. March 31st? So, March 31st, he called it. He said Braves wow. over Astros in six. Oh, my so, gosh. So, like, Trevor Trevor Plouffe is his name. And, like, nobody saw that coming. Nobody, I didn't even see that coming, dude. After, after Ronnie got hurt, I said, this is over, yeah. boys. <laughs> Dang. What a... What a wonderful spot to be in, though. Yeah, absolutely, man. Chance, Chance, what was your, what was your position and your your like, what was going through your head when um, game six with two outs, Will Smith trying to plug it out? Man, I'll be honest with you, I'm that one guy, and you can go through all my text messages, all my stuff, and like, I've never given up on Will Smith this year. I hate that I like the guy. I think that I think that he is he's so fiery and he's so passionate about what he does like he wears it too like when he's excited you can tell when he's miserable when he's blown a game or anything like that like you can just tell he hates himself in that moment like I like the guy for what he and yeah he's not a closer he's not closer material but let's be honest boys this this postseason he's been fire absolutely just torching everybody and that's kind of the way we'll transition right this into the Luke Jackson thing, too. A lot of people fired up about Luke. I like Luke. I've always liked Luke. Um, I don't know if y'all saw his post-game interview the other day, but he uh, he took it on the chin. I mean, he straight up said, like, I lost this game four. I tried to lose game six. You know, the, well, the doc- here's what I'll say about Luke Jackson. Um, I did not used to like him because I, I thought he – I mean – this year he's done great. I've liked him all year. Um, 
like I even kind of laughed at the fact that I knew somebody, I knew a girl that went on a date with him just because I'm like, why him? <laughs> that, that, that was a cheap shot. But, but then, you know, <laughs> and, um, but then, you know, he does great this year. And to me, game four was not, that was not his fault. Like he, you ask him that question, they asked him about that. He said, if I did it over again, I'd throw the exact same pitch in the exact same spot. Like, if you saw the way the bat hit that, dude, I don't know how that's physically possible for him to hit that out of the park. That ball was up around his chin when he hit that ball. Well, but the bat was oh, – the ball hit the bottom of the bat. Mm-hmm. How did he carry that that far out? It's a freak. It's a freakish, freak, freakish accident. That's I'm what, sure that's what I'm what, didn't mean to. <laughs> that's what Luke was saying, like – sometimes you just got to tip it to the hitter because he's like, that was not a bad pitch. Yeah. I mean, he did. (laughs) I will say this and he said it too. Like I shouldn't have put those guys on in front of him. So, I mean, like ultimately at the end of the day, but I mean, you're right. Like he's just, that pitch was, that was an excellent pitch, man. It was such a good pitch, such a good pitch. And, And I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily against, I know, contradicting myself because we went about this in, in the uh, group before, but I'm, I'm on board with Will Smith now. Like I'm, I'm here with him. Like I, I have been for a little while now. Um, he just still makes me nervous. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to close it. And honestly, it wouldn't have matter who the heck was closing. Um, Smoltz in his prime of closing could have been there. <laughs> And with two outs, and I still would have been nervous because it's the Atlanta Braves. Until they had 27 outs, I was not no. going to be – like all the fans in Atlanta were going crazy. And I'm like, nope, nope, I'm staying calm. I'm not getting excited. And then when he got that third out, I was going crazy. Yeah. Just <clears throat> World of Series, man. Well, I'm a big – I'm a – oh, go ahead, JB. No, I was just going to say, it's right up there with what you were saying, Chance, is uh, that, that's part of why we – get so nervous with Will Smith is because he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like mm-hmm. he, he's not cool, calm and collected that you want to see in a closer <laughs> in the most, no, the most clutch times of a game. You, you don't want to see somebody who's emotional. So yeah, he, he that, that's why we get emotional. Cause we're like, stop, yeah. stop. <laughs> but I will, I will give him this much, man. When, whenever he, when he closes out a game, the first person he goes to, if, if they make a play is a person that made the play or, you know, he goes to the catcher, you know, whenever he strikes somebody out for strike three, like the first person he goes to is Darno and he dabs him up and says, you know, I don't know what he says. I'm sure it's probably got a few expletives in there because he doesn't have the cleanest mouth. If you've ever watched him on the, on the field, but like he's pumped up and he's like, yeah, I would imagine he's like, you called a great inning. You did. That was a great pitch. You know, like, and if you ever heard him, hear him talk, He's a great dude. I mean, he really is. I mean, he where, just where he gets himself in trouble is those early walks in the yeah, absolutely. If he cut those out, he'd be fine. Well, I mean, he's he, only had he hasn't. I don't know. Has he walked anybody in the postseason so far? Yeah, he has. I think he did. I know he gave up a single, but I don't know that he, he's walked anybody yet. I thought he did early. May, may I mean, he could. Walkie, but I know he has. Um, I just can't remember the exact game. Um, but that was what he did throughout the season. I mean, a lot of times he'd get out of it, but you put yourself at risk when you 
I'd rather give up a single or a double, honestly, than give up a leadoff. Uh, I mean, a, a leadoff walk because that's just it, so many times that comes back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. You hear him say it all the time. Leadoff walks always lead to something. So, absolutely. You can't give a guy free pass, especially not in clutch situations. He's had two walks this postseason. Two walks, and two walks and three hits. Yeah, I just saw that. That's it. I, I can live and, with that. And seven, and seven Ks. Yeah. So seven strikeouts and in seven innings. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Massey though? The dude's been lights out. I can't. I can't say what I really want to say about Matic because it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, he he is. He's my spirit animal. I've, uh, <laughs> I've seen. I've seen so many good memes lately. I mean, like some of the best stuff. Um, like all the Wikipedia pages. I'm sure y'all have seen all the Wikipedia edits. They're you can, so funny. You can send it in a message to us. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Me. Like, dude, there was one I saw the other day. It's like, Tyler Matic, blah 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 blah. Tyler Matzik is the new owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's just like stuff like that, man. He's just, he's, um, to ask him to go out there and do what he did, first off, like, we'll go, this kind of makes full circle, the whole Snit thing. People all year long have been like, why would you take him out? He's pitching so good. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? He leaves him out there. Snit's running the risk of, A, being run out of the clubhouse after the game, or, B, being a genius. I mean, so, like, it's just, uh, Tyler Matzik has... And I'm not kidding, guys. Like he, y'all know this. He was away from baseball. Like he, he got the yips with the Rockies, and he left the league for like three or four years. And then um, Walt Weiss, who managed him when he was at the Rockies, saw him on some independent league ball squad. And he was like, hey, or maybe it was in the minor leagues. I can't remember. But he said, hey, this guy trying out. We need to go look at. We need to go look at him. And I mean, look, look what he's done. He's he's been nothing but incredible the last two seasons. Like I, I love the guy. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I got to give it up to my boy, my Razorback spirit animal, uh, <laughs> Drew Smiley, in, uh, in game five, man. Like, yeah, he gave up the two runs, but he gave them the three innings that they really, really needed. Like, he, he kept it together because uh, it, it was a bullpen game, and they needed somebody to step up. And... <clears throat> I really uh, like the way he, he ended up getting the win in that game, um, but yeah, I just I, I was I was very impressed by him. Yeah, he of course he did give up the two. Uh, I think he gave up two two solo home runs. Am I not? Am I right? Oh, I think it sounds right. I mean, they asked him to do something he hasn't done in a long time, and you know. The fact that he took a backseat, he took a bullpen role, you know, making what fourteen million dollars, whatever they're paying him to, you know, this year to come in and be a starter. And they said, "Hey, you ain't got it, bro." Yeah. He said, "Okay, what, what, what can I do?" Yeah. And um, he's he's done that, and he's yeah, absolutely. I mean, just what that was that was a that was a, a very, I mean, he just I like Drew Smiley to hear him talk, to hear him, you know, he's all about the team. Whenever they asked him to pitch from the bullpen, he didn't get upset about it. So I, I agree with you 100%. Like, dude dude was a stud. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking at it. It was uh, two runs on two hits. So I'm assuming uh, that it was two solo shots. I think so. Anyway. But no. No, it wasn't. No home runs. Okay. Anyway. 
But yeah, I uh, I was impressed by him. I've been impressed by, like you said, Matzik. Um, the pitching, for the most part, has just been really solid. Like, um, outside of a few things, so. Outside of game five. <laughs> Gosh, that was. Hey just... man, listen. We blow them out, they blow us out. That's kind of baseball right there, ain't it? Yeah, I guess. I turned it off. They went up 6-2. I was like, I'm done. Oh, dude, I was I was in bed uh, the fourth inning. I was like, nope, <laughs> I ain't doing this, brother. Not tonight. Um, well, I really like, I mean, I, I say I cut off at 6-2. to two. I, I, I wasn't really watching after they went up 4-2. I just kept, I had my iPad still sitting on, but it was like on the ground. I was doing other stuff. I was <laughs> watching when it was 6-2. to two. I saw that they yeah, because when it was six to two, I remember them. Uh, Dodgers had just hit another home run, and it was six to two. And the announcers was like, "Man, what a great game!" I was like, "No, it's not." Like, no, of course they did, dude. Come on, yeah, man. Like, a... <laughs> yeah, they're such homers, man. Like, I, it's just it's ridiculous. Like, I'm sitting here like, no, you're an announcer. You're supposed to be impartial. If it was six to five, yeah, that'd be a great game. Six to two is not a great game, not for an announcer. For a Dodgers fan, absolutely. yes. For a Dodgers fan, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, kind of what you were saying about pitching. I mean, let, let's be honest. The bullpen has been the better part of our pitching this postseason. Well, in the Dodgers series, because I mean, yeah. You think about it. You know, Charlie had a rough outing. He was able to go. He was able to go six innings. I mean, five innings. But like, he struggled. He gave up runs. Um, Max had a rough outing. Um, Anderson was good Saturday, but he wasn't on his A game. The changeup was good, but he still had 80, 80-something pitches when they pulled him. So, like, at, at the end of the day, it's it's one of those things where it's just the bullpen <clears throat> has been lights out. And the fact that Matic tied a postseason record for eight consecutive games pitching out of the bullpen, like, it just goes to show you those – they said that you know, Snickers said that those boys were in his office every day saying, all right, I'm ready to go today. But you pitched yesterday. I don't care. We're going to win this thing. We're going to the World Series. So, like, again, that DNA of that team and the want to and the know-how, if we're being honest, is, is just there. And this feels this feels right. There's... Now, will it feel right after tomorrow? I hope so. Will it feel right after, you know, Wednesday? I hope so. So let's – I think we should just keep moving forward, man, and just riding this pitching because – the Astros, that's what they do, man. They hit the ball. They hit the ball a long way. They hit the ball a lot. But their pitching sucks. So if we can capitalize on their pitching struggling, especially McCullers being out, like, I think we've got a real good shot at this, man. We just got – just keep on playing Braves baseball. I think that's what we got. Well, keep on playing second-half Braves baseball. There's there's so much grit in this team, man, and it just it, – it, it fuels me. So uh, I'm excited. Um Real quick, I'm not going to ask y'all to say who wins and how many games. I, I'm going to say percentage-wise, uh, if you had to put a number on it, what what are our chances to win this World Series? Four games, five. I'm not saying how many. What what do you think our chances are? Rob, you go first. <laughs> oh, like who wins and how many games and put a percentage. Okay, okay. Let's just do. I was just trying to. I was trying to throw you off, but I think I, I think I accomplished that. 
<laughs> okay, were you prepared to say that then? Who, who, who's going to win in how many games? I'm going to say Braves in seven, even though I hope it doesn't go Ooh. seven. I don't want to have to go back to Houston. I'd like to say Braves. I'd like to say Braves in five, but if we're being honest, at this point, I think it's a, I mean, it's a 50-50 shot if we're going percentage-wise. I really think that these teams, our pitching's better than theirs. Their offense is probably a little better than ours. So, I mean, like, it's it's a good matchup, and we haven't seen them in a few years. I mean, the, this team that they're seeing right now, the only players they've really seen on this squad are Ozzie, Freddie, and Dansby. I mean, realistically, I'm sure other teams that we've picked up these guys from, you know, uh, Solaire, obviously, they've seen him and Eddie a little bit, you know, in the past in the American League. But, like, realistically, like, we don't know what they look like. They don't know what we look like other than the game film. And if you and if you guys know anything about sports, which y'all do, you know, game film only tells you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think though, playing, playing at – the Astros Stadium, I think that will be Cement Bay Park, right? Yes. Yeah. I think playing there, honestly, will not be as intimidating as playing at Dodger Stadium. Oh, no way. No, uh, no way. absolutely, yeah. I, I, I much but like, going, if we had, if they had home field advantage, I don't think the Braves would have won this year. Because we had, until this series, we had played, like, complete crap. In LA, what was the? I mean, how many have they beaten us in some like? Wasn't in double digits? We only won like one game or something against them in Dodger Stadium. Oh, it's pitiful. Lost, yeah, like, yeah, it's, or something. Yeah, it's something crazy. Like twelve or thirteen out of fourteen, they beat us at Dodger Stadium. So, uh, you know, I don't think home field advantage for the Astros is going to play into it as much as Dodger Stadium did. The yeah, fact but... that we came back to Atlanta and won it was big. Um, so that's why I think, I, I, obviously I don't want to go to seven. I'd rather beat him in five or six, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it could. Well, I mean, but... 15,000 less people is a drastic difference. I mean, you're talking 56,000 people in Dodger Stadium. And you're a little over forty-one thousand at Minute Maid. So I mean, fifteen thousand less screaming fans is a big difference. And I would imagine that Braves fans will travel very well to Houston, considering how wide the Braves have made their footprint. You know, back in the day when TBS was the only channel on TV. So you mm-hmm. got Braves fans all over the place, man. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I think. Um... <laughs> I'm I'm with you on the fifty-fifty there. It's just it it could be anybody's game, but but I'm gonna say it does not go to seven games. I think the Braves win it in six. Uh, it's hard to say that, but I just something tells me it's not gonna. I mean, this is, might be more wishful thinking than anything because I hate 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 playing in a game seven. <laughs> it makes who does it? No one wants to go to the game seven. Exactly. So I mean, it's a winner go home game. That's uh, nobody wants to play in game seven. Said no one ever. Yeah. So. yeah. But I think, yeah. for a fan, there's no game more like teeth 
gritting, but also more exciting than a game seven. Oh yeah. Especially if you win a game seven, there's nothing like it. Especially if it's like one to one in the eighth inning. <laughs> What? Give me a fourteen to three win in Game Seven. That's what I want. Well, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, I want to beat the pants off of them. But I'm just saying, like, there's no nothing more intense than that, though. Like, you know, a, a low scoring pitcher pitcher's duel in the eighth inning in a Game Seven. Like, it's just, ah. yeah. Did y'all see that uh, wild card game between the Dodgers and the Cardinals? Holy crap! Oh, yeah. I didn't turn it on until like the seventh or eighth inning, but and it went into extra. But those few innings I watched, oh my gosh, the pitches were amazing. So I mean, that, I mean, let's be honest, that wild card series <coughs> is probably what started to derail the Dodgers because after they, you know, pitched everybody in that game, and then against the Giants, they pitched everybody against, you know, the Giants in that game five. Oh. Alexa, lamp on. Um, anyway, so like the um, the biggest deal is pitching right now, man. Yeah, I got you for real. Well, it's been fun. Um, any other any other thoughts before we close out, uh, Will Smith style? Yeah, <laughs> I think that Dansby. Dansby's got to get the bat going. Oh, uh, his gosh. defense is there. His bat's not. His bat hasn't been there. His bat was there for like six weeks out of the season. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate um, for five-tool players, and Dansby is not one of them. Um, I think he's a great ball player. <laughs> we can talk We can talk semantics and nitpick a different time, but Dansby's got to just play better. When he's trying to – get base hits, he's a better player. Um, and then Ozzy's got to stop swinging at balls up around his oh eyebrows. Oh, my gosh, Ozzy. And, and, Duv- and Duvall's got to hit the ball. So, like, if – obviously, not everybody's going to be on every game, but everybody needs to take the thick country approach and get like, – Austin Riley, man, is just getting base hits, dinking balls here, dunking balls there. So, like – my final, my biggest thing to push for, that I, of course, I'm not the manager. I have no affiliation with the Braves other than being a fan. But if they can just get base hits and they can manufacture runs and the pitching can stand up, I think that we're going to have a really good shot at this. And tomorrow will be a telltale sign. If they come out with the jitters, tomorrow might be ugly. Uh, but if we come out and Charlie Morton is cool, calm, and collected like he has been, even in his bad games this year, I think that tomorrow – uh, we got we got to set the pace, man. Tomorrow's got to be a good game. If we win four to three, so be it. If we win fourteen to three, awesome. Yeah, I, I say it's very important to steal a game in Houston. In these first these first two, like we have got to. Like it's just, I mean, obviously we have to to win the series because <laughs> they have home foot advantage. But I'm saying we got to win one of the first two. Like it's. As far as our mentality goes, we've got to get that all out of the way. <laughs> like, well, going down two nothing. I mean, the Braves can can obviously blow that, but it's it's hard to come back from two nothing. Like just the a lot of times a team will win game three when they go down two nothing, but 
it's just a, it's tough. Like you feel like you've kind of just been beaten, you know, already. Even though, even though there's still at least two games to go. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I always love talking Braves baseball, especially when we're winning. So, amen. And I'm hoping that we get to do this again next week. That's all I'm saying. Because hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We won't have to get on Skype because y'all will be able to hear me screaming from over there. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been fun. Ch- Chance, I'm glad to have you, brother. Um, we'll get you on again. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, man. We'll get you on some other time. But till next time, remember, brothers, to let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And we'll see you in the tavern. <laughs>